Knuckleball's the best, number one. It's the GOAT of sports apps. Talk about the greatest of all time. Big Joe's the greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. We know it. <laughs> I, I'm going to say right. I'm the Djokovic of this scenario. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Download the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball. Devin Alan Quillen is with us. Alan, good morning to you. Morning, lads. How are you? Homework for the off season. A little bit, yeah. 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 Uh, so we asked you for are the rules. You have to be on the field here, or just yeah. Okay, so you were on the field for these are your five favorite tries, five most important tries. Ones that probably stand out. Um, How did you pick them? So you had to be what, on the pitch. What came to mind first? Well, I was in the squad for yeah. uh, the one in Bordeaux. I, I, I picked one from there. Woody had picked uh, John Hayes' try against Toulouse in Bordeaux. I, I picked Rogers' try there because it was an incredible team try. Um, the ones that came to mind, really, um, my, my international career was kind of heavily disrupted, obviously, from 2003 with my shoulder uh, injury at the World Cup. Um, kind of got my way back into the squad um, and then I had my knee injury in 06 so I had a kind of a period there where it was a very successful period for Ireland winning triple crowns and championships um, up and kind of got back in 06 or 07 for that World Cup in France didn't play there so um, and then back I kind of got back in again in, in, in 08 and a bit of 09 so I was in and out of the squad a fair bit and um, some Basically, of that was injuries I think Woody said in fairness he was very complimentary of what he said about me as a player and it kind of made me think God yeah if I was kind of more calmer um, controlled um, and probably not as hard on myself um, I probably could have got the best out of myself because from a talent point of view I was I probably had what was required to to be play consistently at that level. So there's. Can I just? Uh, we had we didn't plan to talk about this, but um, that's a realization that a lot of people don't come to, right? Yeah. Wayne so, Rooney has had a similar kind of like, oh, he needs the anger, otherwise he won't be. But actually, it's, it's that's nonsense. You didn't need to play. I don't, I don't even think it was completely the anger because that kind of perception is 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 with me a little bit because. Um, um, I would have liked to think that bit of fury and, and stuff helped me for sure. But you can control that now. Yeah, but I think there's a lot of self-doubt and self-belief stuff as well, which can affect, um, do you feel comfortable? I always said this before, that when I went into Ireland squads, particularly in the earlier days, I didn't feel, God, am I, I doubted myself. And I didn't, like I remember even the France game in 2000, and, um, in one in Dublin, it's my first start in the Six Nations. It's kind of a dream come true. I was there as a kid watching matches. Did they win 9-8? Did we miss a kick in the last game? Oh, or? we won 22-15. Oh, okay, we win, okay. Um, one, I picked no one, Dricko's right. try, okay. yeah, where it was, he scores in the corner. There's a bit of controversy about the grounding and all that. But, you know, I even look back at that game yesterday and I think I, I was kind of standoffish. I was nervous about making a mistake. So a little bit of that was the mindset of... of being afraid to to make mistakes um obviously there's another element to that as well about um not not kind of not looking after myself off the field but not understanding the level of, of consistency you need to to have around your training um because i always p- train pretty hard but probably inconsistently i never went down and did a fitness session and didn't try hard i always kind of push myself to the limit but i probably just to get myself in the best shape. And I think um, that was in 03 where I, I, I kind of, I'm 28, 29, and I'm thinking, 
it's late, but at least I'm here now. Everyone's fit and available for that World Cup. I was in great shape, really good condition. I was so much quicker than I realised I could be. Uh, hence, I scored the try and, and you know, had the pace to, 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 to go off that. So, yeah, there's of course, it brings back some kind of, God, I wish I had, um, well, you know, I have 27 caps. Most of the lads I played with are eight, 70, 80, 100 caps, you know, or more. Um, I guess my, my question was, is do you think that there'd be a role for you somewhere in rugby to have those conversations with people? I don't know. Um, I, I, what I would try and say to younger people is, is <clears throat> the younger players particularly, um, is to express the pressure and talk to people who've maybe, you know, been there, done that. Some people are more natural. Like, I always looked at Axel across the dressing room and went, God, I wish I was like Axel. He was just <laughs> do-your-job type mentality. And, you know, like, you even hear Woody in the podcast talking about when we got drawn against Toulouse in 2000 in that semi-final in Bordeaux, which is kind of unthinkable stuff. Um, God, that's a disaster mentally. Yeah, sure, that's us done. We get to semi-final and it'll be a great trip to France. But Axel was the one who said, well, we'll just have to go and beat them. He he had that kind of just calm mentality. And he would have been my under-20s captain in Shannon when I went into Shannon first. I remember going, God, I, I want to be like him. I want to be calm and controlled. And look, he had a Eddie Halvey and myself on either side of him in a back row, which you could say was an incredibly talented back row. And we, we ended up playing for Munster for a period of time together. We dominated with Shannon in, in the All-Ireland League for a number of years. Um, and, you know, he was kind of in between me and Eddie, kind of keeping us calm and kind of giving us a bit of rope to go and play and just make an incredible line break or do something special. But it was just uh, most parts of his game were 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 nailed on, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, like so for, I, I, for sure, if I could, if I could, yeah, share that. It, with any with anyone playing sport, you want to try and be in a state that you're kind of not over animated or over anxious. Yeah, because anxiety brings. Tension and but you know, still you still need to access free. the fury and you still need to access that but just have a a, a, a means of controlling it and releasing it when for sure yeah. and the game is cha- all sport has changed so much more nowadays because um, everybody has a sports psychologists and people to help them and coaches are o- much more understanding of the type of person you have not everybody's the same you know Declan Kidney would have been really good. I think in 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 a kind of a, a positive turnaround for me after two thousand because I probably was at that stage where I took things for granted and I expected because I was talented that I would just get picked on teams um, and that happened a bit up to that point but you know I played the six pool games in 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 ninety nine two thousand and there's a break then from January to April uh, my form wasn't great with Shannon um, well. And where that was scrutinised heavily back then, we would have all went back and played with our clubs, and you know I get to April and I'm dropped for the sta- the quarter final against Stade Francais in Thomond Park, and I couldn't really see why. Who came in for you? Eddie Halvey right. came in, and you know Eddie Eddie was unbelievably talented. So Wally, David Wallace, Eddie Halvey, and Axel played in the background. I was on the bench, and that was my first big kind of blow. And of course, 
I didn't see the fault in myself. I, I kind of had Same a bit of bitterness else. with Declan yeah. and, you know, I was on the, I came off the bench in the quarter final, didn't come off the bench in Bordeaux or didn't come off the bench in the final against Northampton. Ended up sitting down with Declan Kidney that summer, <coughs> um, kind of opening up about the way I feel and how, you know, that anxiety and stuff like that. And also being honest and saying, look, I need to get more consistent in my training, my attitude and my mentality. And we, we got on like a house on fire and he helped me so much. So my point here is, you know, obviously the coach has to look at not everybody with the same in the same view. Some people do have a little bit more stress and pressure and it's about getting the best out of them. But I would say in the modern modern sport, everybody has that ability now on somebody to talk to or somebody to kind of who can see the players and go and have a chat with them and say, well, uh, Joe Bloggs is a little bit more anxious. Um, we need to keep him calm and and really kind of focus on your strengths. So one of the things I would have probably didn't understand is I always tried to focus on my weaknesses. Yeah. And I forgot what I was good at. And, and so many times players, people, Woody was was one who got, uh, he kind of pushed me to be on a tour in 2002 to New Zealand. He was always telling me, get the ball in your hands and just run. Do something because you, you can pass, you can offload. Whereas, you know, I thought, God, when I get up to the Ireland setup, I I can't make a mistake here. So I was much more comfortable a lot with Munster and um, and certainly for young people, it's about, you know, figuring that out and asking people who have the experiences um, and times are totally different nowadays. Every, you know, even, you know, the approaches from coaches, how to deal with players, even in, right in amateur sports right across the board is um, is very good nowadays, I think. Yeah, I, I, I know you, the point you're making about in, in the professional environment, there's, definitely way more access to uh, proper sports psychology and performance coaching but it's even kind of earlier it's like the 13 to 15 year olds who probably sure and how, how do you give it, uh, someone who's lacking that little bit of confidence or ability to take the bull by the horns and run up that wing in a soccer match and take on his man because he's really quick he's quite skillful and he's brilliant at crossing the ball how do you make him believe that if he's kind of nervous about taking on his man because he may he thinks if I give the ball away here you know how do you tell a kid like that just have a crack and the next if you look if he takes if the defender takes the ball off you do it again and again and eventually you know one of these runs that you make is going to lead to a goal and it's the bigger picture and it's just about breaking it down into small pieces like that I think which so the point there about kids is coaches now can see a little bit their their eyes are more open to one or two guys who have the potential and the ability how do I give them confidence and make them believe that it is okay to make a mistake I thought mistakes were what you were going to be judged by after the performance a lot when I was younger well they um, probably were yeah and coaching you know what? Has, has changed a lot but, mm. but yeah but do you know what if you focus on all the mistakes you're going to make what you know, you look at a, n- a nine and a ten now, a scrum half and an out half and a rugby match. They're going to handle the ball 70 or 80 times in a game. Are those 70 or 80 times they're going to touch the ball going to be brilliant moments? They're not. There's going to be three or four mistakes in there. And if we, if you forget about the other 70 good moments where they delivered and kicked well, you know, so it's about focusing on the positives and just getting it. I'm not saying that it was, it was all negative. God, I look back at some of the Munster matches and even some of these tries and... I was like, wow, that, is that me in the field? <laughs> I, I was actually playing brilliant here and I was looked like I was grabbing the bull by the horns. 
Uh, we should talk about this one then. So the first one is Ron Nogara versus Toulouse in uh, 2000. This is in Bordeaux and it's a semi-final of the Heineken Cup. Is that right? Yeah, that's the semi-final when, um, you know, and, and Woody spoke about the, the John Hayes try, which was an incredible try. And this was a kind of against the odds kind of performance. And nobody expected um, a victory here. As I said, um, Toulouse were incredible squad. Uh, we uh, we were on the back of obviously a brilliant a brilliant position of 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 beating Saracens twice in the pool stages. Um, it, it was just a phenomenal team score. I think it was a scrum outside um, the Munster twenty two. Um, the ball was it's fudge past to Mikey Mullins. A little switch with Jason Holland. Uh, John Kelly comes in off the wing with another switch. Uh, he gets tackled on his back around the 10 yard line pops it to Axel he makes a break then Munster come back on the left hand side to Ant- Anthony Horgan makes a break and then it's back in field and, and you know someone who was um, incredible for Munster back then was Dominic Crotty he he had played for Ireland when he was quite young he was full back in this team uh, he handled the ball a number of times in, in all those phases and he makes that unbelievable uh, pacey run onto the ball near the end gets half tackle and pops it up to Rog and it's a try under the post it's a phenomenal score if people look back and watch it um, like team score yeah it is <laughs> and the one thing that kind of jumped out at me is Toulouse never got to the point where they could get their defensive line set if you watch it um, and you know <clears throat> Rog's ability to run onto the ball was 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 superb and his timing um, and then being able to deliver passes and stuff like that. Um, you know, if you look back at the back line that day, Mikey Mullins was again somebody probably a bit like me in the sense that Mikey lacked a bit of confidence at times. But when you gave him that confidence and, and ability, you know, he was brilliant for Munster. Um, he was part part of the reason why we came back over in Saracens and Vicarage Road that season and and turned around a big deficit at half time to win that game. He was just superb. But that for me was was a try that just comes to mind straight away. You know, um John Hayes' try was similar. John is on the ground, Woody picked that one. You know, Woody Woody's incredible run up the touchline. Um and Keith Wood and John Langford were phenomenal for Munster that year. Same game. Same game, yeah. Woody makes a charge up for, for John Hayes' try up the wing, pulled his calf. Um but, you know, both Langford and Woody were we, they brought us to a different level and that was kind of a very significant period of time for that whole group about moving on to the next level and understanding professionalism and what was required and stuff and they were really central to that Woody and John Langford because uh, obviously Keith Will was just coming back from uh, Harlequins for that one year yeah for one year yeah, yeah. and he was, he was brilliant and I think we, we started to believe in ourselves and you know like I said the, the Axel comment of will we just have to go and beat him um and it was one that stands out for a lot of people, you know, in, in, in particularly the Munster supporters as well who went to Bordeaux. Um, obviously, there was heartache in the final, but, you know, watch that try back. It's, it's a sensational score. He scored 21 points, Raj, in that game. Like he's, I think yeah, he's, his kicking was brilliant as well. Yeah. He was 23 years of age, but already a leader in the team. Yeah, Jason Holland as well. Yeah. What a player. You know, I, I, again, looking back at some of these games... Someone who came over playing club rugby with Middleton got called in in 1999-2000 season uh, for World Cup warm-up against Ireland in Cork. 
um, because we couldn't find any players and he went on to be absolutely brilliant for Munster. Some game. It was just a phenomenal game and it was one that um, it was kind of baffling in the end. Uh, the rugby that was there and like if you look at the stars that they had and even their physique um, a little bit towards maybe us um, they're bigger, stronger, more athletic looking but I think we were getting to, well, obviously it was a lot of fight and passion but that Munster team was, was fit getting fitter, getting stronger um, becoming a bit more skillful so I think it was a real important crossroads for that group that whole season you know like because that's on the back of as I said being to Vicarage Road getting an incredible win over against Saracens beating the Saracens at home um, you know what a year it was it ended up in disappointment in Northampton and, uh, in Twickenham in the final but yeah. that was an incredible score from Rog yeah but uh, the the, uh, the journey that the team is on at the end of that game that, uh, that's my first recollection ever of here in Fields of Athenrye at a rugby match is when the Munster fans sing after the game in Twickenham and it is a lament for something that's lost but it's also a celebration of the fact that you're like the second best team in Europe slash maybe the best but um, I don't know it just it was a, a moment in Munster's history where it's the birth of something really really important the style of play is also yeah it's starting to improve yeah and it's different this isn't all about just kicking it um, but when you've two young halfbacks like Peter Stringer and Rog and um, you know really good attacking centre in uh, Mikey Mullins and but you were all passing the ball yeah footballers as well people who are trying to keep the ball alive as well and, and um, not just kind of run straight at people so it's definitely the start of something really positive uh, let's talk about the next one is uh, Draco versus France in 01 so this is the game in Dublin you were talking about yeah um, you could pick look that I was trying to go back in other Ireland games that I was involved in and, and pick out you know other thries but this this one jumps out because it was my first start in Dublin as I said and uh, I was probably shaking like a leaf in, the, in when the anthems are happening and you're looking up at the crowd but I just, I, you know, Drico obviously got the three tries the year before in Paris. Um, this game is the first time in 40 years that Ireland back-to-back wins against France. Um, it's a really big kind of moment. Again, there's probably a bit of expectation that France win this game like they've done for the previous 10, 12 years, I think. there was Ireland hadn't beaten France in Dublin. They usually hammered um, yeah, well, the ones in Dublin are a bit tighter. Uh, the ones in Paris are were around that time where, you know, the year before, obviously, that trend was booked. 98, I think it was very close as well under Warren Gatland. Um, but this, I just, again, looking back on it, I remember at the time thinking, God, Brian O'Driscoll is just phenomenal. Like, he was making line breaks and stepping people in this game and, and going clear, if you like, um, right up to that point. Um, he two clean line breaks or two or three clean line breaks in that game up to that point. And I, I just remember the try was, um, again, it was inside our half and um, it was a scrum midfield, Ireland go left. Rob Henderson makes a bit of a show and go charge. Uh, gets through Olivia Manye, um offloads to David Wallace and again you know Wally is um, this incredible ball carrier and this has this acceleration and ability to defend and he offloads a little inside pass to Drico and then 
it's just pace. Um, Wally's on, pass is almost invisible. Like yeah, it's it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On the replay, you have to go back and go, how did but he get it? But it's Stricker's <laughs> anticipation to kind of f- track the ball as well. And and obviously, he gets to the corner and, and there's big debate. Does he ground about, it as a pundit now? You can well, I it. think if you look back in it now and, you know, the... the, the downward pressure fingertip stuff when we mm. see some of these tries that are s- scrutinised for a long time and funnily enough I, I couldn't remember at the time there was a TMO uh, Brian Campbell, an English TMO was looked at that try and it took him three minutes so there's a big kind of break three minutes is a long time now for somebody to look him back in a try over and over and over again he gave the try because I think he felt there was fingertip pressure on it um, I watched it ten times there, and I can't tell if he we were saying that. Yeah, even watching it back, it's hard to judge it. I, I think there is there is a bit of fingertip bit of pressure. pressure there. That that's we were, why he gave him, and it's kind of given the benefit of the well, doubt. Well, I was going to say we were saying at the weekend. Uh, Owen Cody has the amazing dribble where it, it's Keen Lynch who he sends to the mm. to the shops. Oh, with the dummy, and I think the referee gave him a free because it was so good. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. No, sorry, that that's. Yeah. I think he gets a little bit of fingertips here, but look, there's so many tries you could pick um, for 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 Drico. I just think this, the anticipation, the pace, and the ability as he was getting tack- tackled by Christoph Lamazon into into touch, um, it was brilliant. They did an incredibly strong side when you think of. Bernard, Philip Bernard Sal, Palouse, Galtier, Serge Betson, Christophe Domici, Dominici. Um, we've been having this conversation. Olivia Magna. This conversation has bubbled up about uh, the most, the best Irish rugby player, the greatest Irish rugby player of all time. And I would argue that without this period of time, that we wouldn't have had Johnny Sexton winning European Cups without O'Driscoll emerging. That, like, the hat-trick in, in yeah. Paris. Well, it was about belief and confidence and, and actually thinking as Irish people you can go and win these games. So certainly the three tries that Drico scores in Paris and it's just kind of like you, you're only 20 years of age and you're this is just normal then for other people coming through that you've something to, to look at and a reference point to say, well, this Irish team or this team has done it. Um, and it's a little bit like the province is going to France for the first time winning yeah. certain things. Because I remember that really well when we played. One of our goals in 97, 98 was to win for the first time in France. So Munster in the previous year or two had been to uh, to France in European games and been beaten by 40, 50 points. Yeah. So it's not about keeping the score down. It's actually saying we actually win. want to win there. Yeah. So we go to Colombia and win for the first time in France. I think it was 97, 98. And then you go, well... The next step is okay. You're you're against Toulouse or you're against Biarritz or you're against Stade Francais. Can you go and Different beat teams, them? So yeah. it's it's a process, and certainly that's a very very valid point. That you know maybe the the foundations were dug for for yeah. uh, you know that Look, platform. We're, we're splitting hairs, obviously, and uh, yeah, it's a very it's a, it's an interesting debate. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, but I do feel like there's you have to give extra kudos to the founding fathers of the whole thing. Um, so the next one is Peter Stringer. You've got the assist for this one. Yeah, I got an assist. I was trying. I wasn't trying to put my own tries in. And again, I'd like to say I could easily put Woody's try against Saracens in there in 2000 in Toman Park. It's the one where they score up the field in the 77th minute, uh, and it looks like the crowd is silent, and we're not going to beat Saracens here. Saracens are going to win the game here in, in Toman Park. Um, Golov kind of pulls us together and literally says we're going up the field we're going to score um, I, I can't really remember what happened we got a penalty we kicked down into the corner 
I think we won the ball back from the kickoff. Got a penalty, kicks into the corner. Uh, ball is thrown to the back of the line out, and uh, Maul is pulled down. And Woody just kind of accelerates this pick and go and scores. Rog kicks the penalty. We win by a point. So you talk about significant moments. Um, that try by Woody and uh, against Saracens and Tolman Park could easily pick that in there. But you know, uh, Peter Stringer's try. This this was on the back of the miracle match against Gloucester. Um, where we had to do this insane situation against Gloucester to beat him by X number of points. We end up winning 33-6 and we get into the quarterfinals and our reward is a trip to Welford Road against the champions who knocked beaten us in, in the Millennium Stadium the year before. The hand of Neil Back. Uh, yeah, um, and we're thinking, God, that's some reward, isn't it, for uh, you know, for, for, for qualifying but we'd lost two pool games in that, that year. We, we'd lost against Perpignan away. Well, round one against Gloucester, we were beating 35-16, and that was a bit of a an eye-opener. They were the English champions at Gloucester. Stars to the team, uh, Trevor Woodman, Phil Vickery, Andy Gomersell, um, Tinas Delport, uh, James Simpson, Daniel. All these guys were big names, and we went to, um, to Gloucester, and got walloped in round one. So it did. We didn't start the competition well. Um, round two, we beat Perpignan at home. Then we back to back games against Viadana, uh, the Italian team. We beat them well. Round five, we go to Perpignan. We're beaten again. So we're completely on the back foot. We've lost two games, in in, which is risky. You know that back then there was six rounds. Um, so we had to and and. Gloucester had had been unbeaten. I, th- I think they had lost in Perpignan, so we had to beat them by X amount of points. We didn't know any of that stuff. It's kind of famous, but we go to Welford Road. We'll go back to that one in a minute because John Kelly scores that try. I picked mm-hmm. picked that one. Um, Peter Stringer's try, yeah, for me, um, not not because I had an assist at the end, but I just thought I it just jumps out at me that that was a very really special day. Um, There's certain games over the years that we could pick out and all the lads the Munster team in that era would pick certain ones there was a few ones on Saturday nights in cast that were seen to be a regular occurrence they they, they were ones I, they're in my memory but this try um, because it was against a really powerful strong Leicester side oh yeah um, they went on a lot of these fellas were winning a World Cup a number of months later um, you know they'd kneel back Martin Curry Ben Kay Johnson Austin Healy, Tom Tierney actually um, was scrum half that day right. uh, for Leicester. Um, Jordan Murphy was playing, Leon Lai, Tim Stimson, all these guys. Um, very strong side and they don't lose in Welford Road. So again, the mentality that you meant, mentioned there was pretty strong. We gave ourselves a, a real good chance there. We knew we had to to find a performance and um, crazily enough, I think it's it's 3 nil at half time <laughs> to Munster you know you're not really you're thinking you're going to have an open game here and, 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 and a lot of scoring so we're winning 3-0 then we go 6-0 in the 56th minute um, and then they score a try I think after that Steve Booth um, and unfortunately he's passed away as well um, there's three people that played that day Steve Booth Tom Tierney and, and Anthony Foley um, and all from from heart disease, which is incredible to think that those three people on the field that are not around anymore. Um, Steve Boots Boots scored a try, and they go seven six. Um, 
then Rog gets a try and I think our reaction our performance and our intensity that day was was phenomenal um, so we're winning 13-7 and we've a scrum in our half and it's it's um, Rog makes a little bit of a break and gets tackled but pops the ball up to Rob Henderson in the tackle Yeah, and then he in turn Sorry was that surprise that you were expressing there about Ron McGarr making no, a break? No but Rog yeah. there was a perception that Rog he didn't make a break he runs at the line and found a bit of space and, and got leg tackled but on his back kind of pops the ball up because um, you know sometimes people think Rog didn't run with the ball he was actually really good at running on get his timing well uh, onto, onto the ball Um and uh, attacked it unbelievably well, pops it up to Rob Henderson, who then does a bit of a shimmy, passes it to Mike Mullins, who kind of goes on the outside and gives this kind of basketball pass back in the inside to me. You did well to catch it, actually. He throws it at you at a bit of an awkward enough height. Yeah, um, and and literally I'm kind of getting wrapped-hacking. Yeah. I think Neil Back is one of them, and I'm shocked that I can get this little pop pass to Stringer who comes on my shoulder. And It was one of those ones where you're, whoa, this is it. Uh, we had them all right at the end of that game and you know Leicester were the team who we probably would have looked up to we had a lot of similarities we had them all at the end of that game where we mauled Leicester about 20, 20 yards up the field and it was one of those ones where the Munster fans are just singing chanting it's it's incredible um, and that happened in Welford Road so it wasn't it was a wonderful performance it was absolutely brilliant um, everybody was on it that day and that try from Stringer kind of summed it up at the end so it was one that stood out for me and it was really special um, great shot of Peter Clossie at the end of yeah. the crowd kind of going yeah. mad you know and showing that emotion had and, he retired uh, or yeah he yeah. retired the year before yeah. um, and so it was a really special special day but obviously you don't win trophies and uh, we went to Toulouse then in the semi-final we were beating 13-12 Um and there was a home final in Dublin. So we were whiskers away from from uh, being in a final. And Leinster, actually, funnily enough, were on the other side. And they lost to Perpignan in Dublin, um, which I think they lost 22-15 or 21-17 or something like that to Perpignan in the other semi-final in Dublin. And it ended up being two French teams in Dublin yeah. with a small crowd. and Toulouse beat you by a point in the semi Toulouse beat us by a point in Toulouse, yeah, 13 12. Um, again, a couple of drop goals in the end that were missed. Jeremy Staunton had one or two, I think, and uh, very, very tight game. Um, you know, it was a. We were a whisker away from probably being in the final and, and probably, you know, winning the t- tournament, you know. Um, so very close but that was a really significant try from, from Peter Stringer you weren't wrong about Welford Road two teams had won there in five years I like which is insane to think of 4,000 Munster fans there to watch it and a very strong team and, and the scenes at the end we're out on the pitch and, mm. and all the Munster fans are, are kind of there so yeah very special moments and it was a great try I think uh, so next we have John Kelly's try versus Gloucester in the Miracle Match that same season yeah no gl- uh, glitz or glamour about this um, I just think significance really and the importance of this try uh, again um, you know the messages are starting to come onto the field about what needs to happen when we kind of we score two tries in the first half Mick O'Driscoll gets one midway through the second half and then we're kind of pushing for that four try and, and suddenly the messages are coming on, keep going, don't concede any points, but keep pushing on. And I'd say 90% of the team didn't know what the scoreline. We had to win by 27 points in the end or more. And we did that. We won by 27 points. But this try at the end, 
Um, we had a penalty. Uh, Rog kicked it into the corner. Um, Frankie Sheehan throws the ball to the back of the lineout. So we had this lineout where we moved the whole backer up to the front of the lineout. So Jim Williams, myself, and Anthony Foley were at the front. Um, and we moved some of our, our second rows to the back of the lineout. So the ball is thrown to Dunnick at the Dunnick O'Callaghan to tail. Axel peels around, pops at a stringer, and he hits. Um, Jason Holland and Mike Mullins in midfield and we set up this mall um, and we kind of are driving them to Gloucester right back towards the, the goal line and we need this for a try and they pull it down it looks like they're turning the ball over um, it's a bit kamikaze because there's fellas coming in from all sides and all angles and um, we eventually the ball comes back out it's popped up to Jeremy Staunton he makes a little dart for the line rolls it back through his legs and, and, and then Stringer sweeps it away to Rog and he passed to John Kelly and it's unbelievable it's phenomenal uh, we've got that four try he kicks the conversion and um, we we uh, had those incredible scenes you know they make the video about about the game but none, none of that was really we weren't really conscious of any of that it's amazing when you're out in the field and to look back at the, the old stadium and the supporters and you know, even looking back on it yesterday I was seeing people I knew um, and what it meant to them and how exciting it was and what an atmosphere it was um, so it was a really significant try John had scored one in the first half Mossy Lawler scored one in the first half but that really was a again a really obviously a crucial try for us to put us into the, the quarterfinals to be able to go to Welford Road Roger always said that he, he didn't know before he took that kick that it that it was so significant were you aware or any no of the idea um, okay. I think after Rog kicked the ball th- there was a lot of messages coming on then don't concede don't the and I gave then? away would you believe I gave away a penalty very shortly after that outside the 22 I'm trying to poach a ball from a Gloucester player um, I'm penalised which genuinely I think mm. there, I, I, I I shouldn't have been penalised I should have got the penalty the players holding on the ground but it's one of those ones where you say nowadays to people, just let them have it. Don't don't contest the ball. You know, if you're if you're if you're winning in a game, just let them have it. Just let them have it. Um, my mentality wasn't just let them out of. Here's a turnover for me, and yeah. I, I I was penalised. If they if Gloucester had stopped and paused, and actually Thought about it. let Mercier Ludic, Ludic Mercier kick the ball over the bar, they would have went through to the quarterfinals. We were out. Um. That penalty would have. His put communication them wasn't great there. Through. No, they, and they didn't really know either. So Andy Garmersel gets the ball and he taps and goes really quickly because they're now thirty-three six down in the game. But really, if they if they knew and understood themselves, nobody saw this happening. Shane, mm. they didn't see it. We didn't see it. I remember the night before this game. You know, Mick Galway uh, wasn't starting, but he was the ca- captain, squad captain, and obviously a great leader for us and like the night before we it was a case of it's going to be really difficult to beat this Gloucester team at home here uh, but we owe it to the fans and ourselves to get a performance and it was a very emotional kind of Friday night meeting and um, we were incredibly pumped for that game it was phenomenal we, the, again um, looking back and kind of the the work rate and the intensity of the players it was it was it was brilliant to see and um 
But the significance, really, we didn't know anything about the scorelines. There was talk about game plans that were lost in taxis and we had lost our game plan or all news to me at the time, you know what I mean? But it was a brilliant win, a very special day again. So the taxi story was untrue? Some, someone is claiming it's true, but uh, we had no idea of any sort of um, situation of, of game plans or anything like that. That never filtered through to us, but... Um, you know, it was a lovely day and a really special day and uh, we had a great night in Limerick afterwards and as I said, we had a great win in Welford Road after that and you know, then the disappointment of the semi-final against Toulouse. It's all part of the journey to, to get to a point where you do eventually get over the line. You haven't picked one from the first year you get over the line, you pick one from the second one at Dennis Lee. Well again, I could pick Stringer's one against, I love the, the surge bets, the try after scrum where Stringer goes around surge bets and in 06 and that really seals um well, it doesn't seal the game, but I think it just, it was a brilliant, brilliant piece of work from, from Peter Stringer to kind of dummy one way and, and you know, obviously to catch such a brilliant player, Serge Betson, who uh, was a tackling machine, um, a great try that, ga- that game in 06. Um, I just loved the fact um, in 2000, 2008 in the final against Toulouse, um, Dennis Leamy just was. He was a monster, really, you know. I remember Graham Henry in 2006 describing him as 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 such when he played a um, test match against New Zealand and Hamilton. You know, Graham Henry spoke in a press conference afterwards about Dennis Leamy being the best number eight in the world. He was right. phenomenal. Had his injuries, um, very unfortunate injuries with his knees. Um, but, you know, we were we were a different team probably in that 08 game because you had Doug Howlett and Maffey and Topoki um, as opposed to you know the difference in maybe Trevor Halstead and John Kelly played in the centres the, the two years previous, and no disrespect to them, Halstead and John Kelly were brilliant, and that game plan and structure beating Baritz in 06 was 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 perfect. But 08 was a little bit different. Um, when you had those type of players, you just want to try and give them the ball, and we had we had um, we scored some brilliant tries that year with the, with that monster team. We had a really hard group in the pool stages with Wasps and, and, and Clermont-Ferrand at the time. Um, but probably nearly lost... Uh, well, it didn't... The, the, the semi-final in Coventry against, against um, Saracens was one where we were favourites, heavy favourites, and in the end were kind of lucky to get through it. They possibly were claiming a penalty right at the end of the game that could they could have kicked and put us out. But we're, we get to the final in 08... Um, again, it's a, a kind of drab affair because it's it's fairly low scoring. Is it the Stade de France? No, it's it's in Millennium, uh, Millennium Stadium okay, against great. Toulouse again. Yeah, it's the second time we're back there in 2008, and um, Toulouse are 3-0 up, and um, we get down close to their line, and I Toulouse end up with a five meter scrum going defending. Uh, we kind of twist the scrum around. Uh, it's reset again. Um, then the Toulouse go again and I think it was the scrum twist again and I tackle Sean Sorby, their number eight, South African, kind of on the line. We get the scrum and then Leamy breaks off the back of the scrum and we go infield and there's a bit of picking and going for for a number of minutes. And it was really just... It's a forwards try. It's a forwards mm-hmm. try, but you know what? It's it's a dogged, hard-working, 
and I honestly I was getting a little bit of an adrenaline rush say, yeah. watching this again and you know I remember at the time just the atmosphere was a little bit uh, of narcissism between you and the back row in, in the a little bit yeah yeah well um, look I think Toulouse were phenomenal and we had incredible respect for them you know, they were basically the French international yeah, side yeah they were and um, I think but we felt really we, we were in a good place um we started picking and going in the 71st minute, which uh, is pretty famous. Uh, every time I meet any of the Toulouse players now, we go, they go, pick and go, pick and go, pick and go. And in, it was crazy. Tomás O'Leary had, had come in for Peter and played in the quarterfinal, semifinal and final. And he started kind of, off you go forwards, out in the, uh, inside the Toulouse half. And we're about trying to see out the game. Anyway, that's... Uh, <laughs> If you look back on that, it was crazy. But I just, Leamy's try there was was one of, it was a real statement of um, intent. The scrum, the way we kind of pushed them back in a scrum, because you think of those earlier days, you think French scrum was going to kill oh, yeah. us and they're yeah. going to try and they believe they're going to kill us. Now we're at a point in 2008 from that kind of journey from 96, 97 onwards for, for some of us, and now we're the ones who are, are doing it to them. Are doing it to a French scrum, you know. So it's 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 gone full circle, really. And um, I just remember that try, brilliant. It was a great try, and it was it was scored by by Dennis, who was who was just a, a phenomenal player. And uh, we had a homegrown pack: um, Marcus Horn, Jerry Flannery, John Hayes, Donico Callan, Paul O'Connell, myself, Dennis, and Wally, uh, which was pretty impressive <laughs> we, it was the Irish pack bar me because they you know they were they were all Simon Eastby was playing with all those guys for Ireland for a period of time so they were great players to have around you know we had a great line out um, Paul was on his game you know constantly uh, Dunica work rate through the roof so it was, it was a great team and then as you say when you have Mafia and Taboki in the centre they're special players but we nearly lost the semi-final but we thankfully got our hands on a second trophy that day yeah and Frank the greatness of the team as well uh, I think a lot of people are going to be going down a YouTube wormhole as a result of the I'm last I'm sorry there are not more Ireland tries in there but um, I didn't play in enough of Ireland games where there was really significant tries in big Six Nations games or big you know um, test matches but um, there's a few there that I could have easily picked um, you know Hendo's three tries in, in, in Rome they jump out at me a um, couple of tries in the World Cup in in, in three as well, and 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 six na- other Six Nations games. Um, my favourite try of all, though, um, if I was not been not involved, was Mick Galway's try in '93 against England. He didn't have a lot to do when you look back at it now, but <laughs> I remember enough. being at that game. Uh, I was playing. I think I was playing under 18s or under 20s with Shannon, and we went up on a bus from from Limerick. We were in the terraces in the old Lansdowne Road. And again, this is star-studded English side. Um, Will Carling. Will Carling, uh, Rob Andrew, Martin Bayfield, Jason Leonard. Um, you know, powerful, powerful English side. And Gollum gets that try at the end in the corner. He was with Shannon. He was someone I was kind of looked up to. Um his sister runs on the field and that's 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 just brilliant giving him a big hug at the end Mick Bradley makes a little half break and pops it up to to Golov um, again significant because I was there and I remember really well yep. some of these tries you could pick any of the, the, the lads to come in and pick tries it's ones that kind of you you don't want, you want to try and 
think in your mind if I was to ask you straight up what comes to mind first so these are kind of the yeah. ones that came oh, no, to mind oh no you did a great job it was perfect ok cheers lads. thank you very much OTB AM The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball